Hello and welcome to Fridays at Home, the podcast on a mission to help you create a home, business, and lifestyle that aligns with your most authentic self. I am your host, Bamay, but since we're becoming friends, you can go right ahead and call me B. I really hope you are as excited as I am to be here. Before we get started, let's take care of some housekeeping. One, click that subscribe button so you never miss an episode. Two, grab your favorite drink. It's Fridays at home. Three, sit back and prepare to be challenged to live your best life. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome back to another episode of Fridays at home. It's your girl B and I... I miss you. I miss you. I hope you miss me too. I've been away for a minute. I know you've been waiting for this podcast episode, but guess what? We are back, recharged and ready to rock and roll. So what's been new in my life? Um, Yesterday, my family and I came back from a week-long getaway, road trip type of vibe, driving down south. We spent how many days? Nine days away. And it was the most refreshing thing that I, like I needed that. Girl, it's been a heavy year. And um, we needed this break. We all did. Yeah, I thought, why not? Let's just go down south. We were hoping to go to Botswana or Kenya this Christmas to see family. But like, man, anyone who's met me over the past month has heard me say this so many times. The tickets are ridiculous. I know we left it a little bit too late. I cannot entirely blame the airlines, but hey, it is what it is. We're not going to be home this Christmas. Well, home like what my kids say they say well that's home but this is also home so we kind of go that's home home and this is home as well Australia's home as well anyway we're not going to be back with our family this Christmas so you know to take away the blues because the kids were really kind of devastated I was feeling a bit down we miss our family really were hoping to be um home this Christmas I decided to cheer everybody up as I usually do and I booked a nine day stay down south made sure that we got away from Perth for a little bit before Christmas starts. That was the best thing ever. But in the midst of all of this, I realized that subconsciously, I had booked our accommodation in three very different types of of home. Does that make sense? No. So the first place we stayed at in Bustleton was a beautiful resort. It was a resort style vibe. It was really lovely. The second place I had booked was an Airbnb stay and it was in a farm. It was a working farm house type stay. So that was completely different. And the third home I booked was a luxury villa in um, the coast of Margaret River. And that was honestly the word luxury. It was luxurious, right? But all three of these places had a different vibe and a different aesthetic. To be very honest, I didn't realize how very different every stay would make us feel. I knew that it was going to be different because... I booked all three of them and I wanted a different vibe from each one of them, but I honestly didn't realize how much of an impact each home would have on us emotionally and mentally, which made me realize that today's topic is very, very important. It's something that I preach all the time, but I actually realized that I haven't spoken about it as much on the podcast as I should. I mean, what is this, right? 
Today's topic is all about the concept of home, unpacking the psychology of home and how our home become or can become or should become a reflection of our true self. You know, this podcast is all about helping you find balance at home. So what hit me when we came back from holiday yesterday was that, oh my God, so what if my listeners do not actually know how to create an extension of themselves in their home? number one. And then number two, because your home is not an extension of yourself, it doesn't come naturally for you to find balance. You're not really balanced. (laughs) Does that make sense? Because your home is not really balanced. So then how are you supposed to find balance when your home's not really balanced? Anyway, that was the whole inspiration for today's episode. I want to talk to you about why it's very important for us to pay attention to not just the physical structures of our homes, When you're designing a home, when you're renovating a home, when you're building a home, it is very important to remember how the human psychology plays in how you feel in the space that you create. I'm going to take you on this little journey. I'm going to be referring back to the three homes that we stayed in during this trip that inspired this episode. And I'll also tie it back into um, how you can actually use my practical tips to create a home that feels more like it was made for you, designed for you, and an extension or a reflection of who you are. Are you ready? Grab that glass of wine, girl. Let's get started. When I think about the notion of home, when I sit down, you know, in silence and I go, right, what does home mean to me? The first thing that comes to mind is peaceful, calm, monotonal, with just a splash of earthy, textured, not a lot of color, but if there is color, it has to be tied back to the earth, to the environment, open, light, but very moody in some areas. So my home is very eclectic. It is a mix of who I am. It is a mix of my husband's likes and my husband's heritage. It is a mix of my travels from Africa to living in Asia to living in Australia. It is a mix of stories that I've heard growing up. It is a mix of lessons that I've picked along the way It is a mix of all of our journeys. I guess my husband and I's journey infused in one. But to be very honest, it's more influenced by my my experience because, listen, my man is a very, very simple man, okay? Um, And I know what he likes. And we have very similar tastes. Although culturally our backgrounds are different, they're very similar at the same time. We're different in being from two different countries and two different cultures, but... It's very succinct because the region or the group of people our ancestors are from is the same. Uh, They're the Bantu-speaking people. So in terms of what home feels like or should look like, and this is like a nostalgic notion of home for us, it's quite similar. The first time I walked into my husband's family home in Kenya, I felt at home. It didn't feel, nothing stuck out. It didn't feel like, oh my God, I'm in a different world, you know? The country felt completely different. (laughs) I had culture shock for a little bit, but the home part of it, I just felt like I'm at home. And he felt the same way and his whole family felt the same way when they came to Botswana for the first time and visited my family. So it's always been comforting knowing that what home nostalgically means for both of us is quite similar. So I'm very confident in making a lot of design decisions when it comes to creating a home for us because I know we're quite similar. 
So when I think about my home, thinking of it as, as that a reflection of us, that's what comes to mind. But at the same time, I also have to consider that we've got two children who are 100% Australian born citizens, right? So they, they, this is home to them. And so it's very important that where we are now, so physically, where the place we call home is also represented in this space, which is it within the four walls that we call home, because that's also a big culture of who we are. Like it or not, believe it or not, if you live in a place more than, I don't know, five years, 10 years, 15 years, 20 years, you start rooting. Okay, so there's a lot of things about Australian culture, especially in the architectural point of view, that I love. I love. I've come to appreciate it and I've come to love. So this is why I say our home is a very eclectic mix of, of what home represents. However, when you walk into our home, you will see us, you will feel us, you know, our vibe, our energy, um, just you will feel that this is, this is us, right? And I'm not blowing my own trumpet here. I've been told this a million times. <laughs> um, and, and that's what I hold dear. That's what home for me means. It means welcoming, comfortable, warm, light, open, free. That's what home means to me. The funny thing though is, it's also very important when you're thinking about what home means to you to think about home in a nostalgic sense. So the home you grew up in and think about the things you loved about that space and things that you didn't like about that space. You don't have to like everything about the nostalgic home. I had a chat with a friend a while ago and um, it was so interesting because we were talking, they were building at the same time that we built our house, but our styles were completely different. Like her style is like, ultra modern, um, big, large slab tiles, floor to ceiling, you know, um, white walls, greys, beautiful, very glam. Um, and my style is very laid back, more coastal, Scandi, Afro boho, just very chilled. Wooden walls, white, um, wall, you know, wooden floors, white walls, um, a fireplace, cozy, a fluffy rug, you know, a little bit of eclectic stuff here and there, a lot of indoor plants. That's it. But when we shared similarities, I actually said to her, I'm quite curious, how did you get to creating this vibe in your home? Because it is, did you grow up in a home that was very glitz? We were, we were drinking wine one night and we we're just like talking about how different our homes are and how beautiful they both are, but how good it is that um, every time I come, I go to her home, I feel very comfortable, although it's such a different style from mine. And every time she comes to my home, she feels very comfortable, although it's very different style. So we were just kind of complimenting each other and like, look, I really love how beautiful your home is, you know? But at the same time, because we're real friends, they're like, look, I know it's very different from mine. I'm not just saying it, but I really like this, you know? Anyway, so we started kind of peeling back the onion a little bit. And I was like, how, how, has, has it always been like this? And bottom line of that story was, turns out, the family home she grew up in was very um, timber-based, warm, small, cozy, very similar to my home style. And the family home I grew up in, all the homes we've, like I've lived in, my parents' homes, have always been like, like on the high luxury side, huge marble floors, floored, like very glitz, very, very, you know, and it was just so interesting that when we left our family, our parents' nests, and now we've built our own homes, we've done the opposite of what we grew up in. That was, that was quite, 
quite interesting. So anyway, so this is why I said, when you think about home being a reflection of yourself, don't just concentrate on the nostalgic home. Also think about how your identity has evolved and what things you want to carry in into your new home from your childhood. You don't have to take the whole bag. <laughs> just, just pick things that you actually loved about the homes you grew up in. Hey, if there's nothing you loved, don't pick anything. All right. Just think about you, who you are, what you value, how you like to feel in a space. And write down all those feelings. It doesn't have to be design styles. Write down the emotions. Did you, you remember what I said about mine? Warm, open, light, comfortable, white, timber. Just write everything down that comes to mind. And that step of discovering who you are or what personality you want to bring into your home, we will call it your personal reflection. Okay, so step one, write down all those things and that's going to be your personal reflection. The personal reflection of what home means to you. Once you're done with your personal reflection, we're going to go into another stage called exploration. So exploration is when you start to think about the design choices you're going to make in your home. Because these choices are what we call the silent language in design. They will speak volumes about your personality and your values, but it'll just be by someone walking in and visually connecting with an item and going, aha, right, I can understand why you picked this or I can understand why this person likes this. Oh, okay. This is what we call silent language in design. The exploration part is where you now have words that describe your personal personal reflection of how you want your home to feel, but now you're exploring materials. You're exploring choices. So for instance, you'll go, all right, do I want wooden floors? Will the wooden floors achieve the warm, homey look that I want? Yes or no? Okay, I think wooden floors are a good choice. You'll put down. So you start exploring materials. Another example of exploration could actually be in terms of the layout of your home. So, you know, someone might go um, right at my front door. I want a very quaint cottage little door with a door knocker because it sets the tone right from the start. And I want that door to be a recycled door that I bought that was once a tabletop in India or whatever, and now I want it to be my front door. So it that's a narrative that silently will say to your guest or to anybody walking to your home, this is who I am and this is what I'm all about. And this is what we call the exploration stage of your design journey. Listen, I'm, I've created these terminology. It's okay, I don't know if it's things like this exist, but all my clients know that we go through all these layers. I must just say, put it out there. Um, this is my language when I work with my clients. I take them through all these stages. So we're going to call it the exploration stage. When you're at the exploration stage, this is also where furniture style come into play. When you're at the stage, anything that comes to mind, including furniture, linen, colors, whatever, throw it on that page because you're just exploring, right? So how you should do the, the whole um, exercise is go, all right, I love the color green on my walls. But then I looked at my personal reflection page and it says that the feeling I want is light and airy. Is green walls going to bring light and airy feel in the space? 
Yes or no? Cross it out if it won't, keep it if it does. So that's exploration. We are exploring everything. Now, from the three homes that we stay in down south, I'm just going to give you a practical example. All three homes did this so well. I walked into the space and I honestly could tell exactly the kind of person who would live in this house. Um, I could tell the kind of person who designed the house and I could tell what they were trying to achieve with the space. The resort, for instance, was very light, but also warm, which I really liked because, um, you know, sometimes you go into a resort and you feel like, oh my God, I cannot touch fucking anything in here. This is too expensive. I don't want to break anything, but this wasn't the case. So what they did is they made it light, bright and airy by keeping the aesthetics very beachy, very coastal because it was a resort on the beach. However, they did add burnt orange, um, a burnt orange um, throw cushions and a mustard yellow blankie. And they had like a woven bohemian type vibe rag going on. So it was a really nice coastal. It wasn't like the white, gray, blue coastal. For me, I felt like adding those earthy colors grounded it in a little bit. Because when you look outside, all you could see was just blue, white and green which was beautiful. But I feel like if inside was blue, white, and green as well, it would drive me nuts. It would just feel stuck. You would just feel like you were not allowed to touch anything. Another good thing they did is the flooring. They had really warm, oaky, hybrid floor. And that was really comforting. Again, very grounding. I could feel the textures under my foot, which was really, really nice. One thing I feel was a letdown, but I think it's just because of the age of the resort. In the bathroom, they used blue marble, old school tiles. You know, those little 200 by 200. Anyway, I think it was just old. It needed an upgrade in there, but everything else was pretty good. You know, can't go wrong with white cabinets in the kitchen. Uh, Everything was nice and clean. They achieved it really well there, but I could walk in literally and just go, okay, I get the vibe. It it was really good. It transported me to a very tropical resort lifestyle kind vibe. Second spot we stayed in the farm stay, totally different again. But then again, I loved it. It was a shed style home outside. There was no apology that it is what it is. You're on a farm and you're in a shed. And I love that even when you walked in, they didn't try and then flip it into something smart when you walked in. No, you walked in outside. It's a shed barn style inside. You're going to get exactly that. It was quite interesting though. And again, because we got to now the the farmhouse was um, uh, an Airbnb. So we got to meet the hosts. Now, this is where I was like, aha, because I got to meet the hosts. It started to make sense. Outside was very Australian, like shed farmhouse style home, which I was like, yep, okay. But when I got inside, it was a farmhouse, but it, it was it was playful, you know? It was all white with yellow, bright yellow feature wall accents. And um, I'll put this on my Instagram page. If you go to Fridays at Home Podcast, I'll put some pictures of the farmhouse there so it makes sense. Um, and the kitchen was very country, very country, timber, unapologetically country. There was a freestanding fireplace, you know, um, pot belly we didn't use, but it was great. But the fun was the pops of the yellow. And when I met the host, I was like, aha, young, late 30s, early 40s at the most, a married couple with a three-year-old, and they're from France. They were French. (laughs) They were French. So that made sense. Lovely people. We had drinks. Our second night, say we had drinks together on this massive alfresco veranda overlooking their cow pad and the kids were playing. It was beautiful. Made sense. They have a dog called Mr. 
Chi Chi. Another one called Gigi. So <laughs> very fun young couple. Max, the host, the guy. Bruises on beer, eclectic vibe, you know, colorful vest, these round sunglasses that were yellow, fun hat. I was like, okay, all right, creative, I see you. And then Chloe, um, his wife, what is she? Um, um, she's a winemaker by profession. And I got it, you know, she 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 they she farms and harvests her own vegetables and sells them at the market and they have this beautiful, chilled, slow-paced lifestyle. They've got a lake in their farm. You know, it's just very beautiful. And I understood the home. Like there was a big poster when you walk into the house by the dining area. There's a big poster that's got like I think a hundred like it's a poster with a hundred glasses of wine and there's names of every one like a hundred wine. I was like, Jesus, I only know five, six, seven at the most. But there was a hundred types of wines on this big poster. And again, I met Chloe, I understood. It was a play with who she is, what things mean to her. And when we had the conversation and we're chatting, get to know them, how they came to Australia, how many years it's been, it made sense. Like I saw an, a mask artifact that was from heritage background. Um, I never really got to find out what that meant to her. But the fact that I said to her, I'm from Botswana, and I said, do you know where that is? She's like, yeah, of course. I was like, ah, my girl, she knows her geology. Geology, geography. <laughs> Let's hold up. We need a laugh. Um, she even asked her, part of Nairobi are you from? Which is quite interesting because I was like, okay, girl. So you know there's Kenya and then there's Nairobi. So which part of Nairobi? You know, so you can kind of tell a lot about someone when you walk into their home. And this is what your home should be. Moving on to the luxury villa. My God, again, this was a beautiful stay. But then this home, this home after meeting the hosts, Paul and Petra, made sense again. They lived next door to this beautiful villa. It's called Bankshire. Amazing. And literally on Airbnb, it's just luxury villa. I was like, yes. From the moment I walked in, amazing. Not over the top, but over the top. Understated luxury is what I like to call it. You know, just walking in here like, ah, oh, at home. Then the next day we got to meet them. Petra was nice enough to say, hey, do you want your kids? They've got five kids. Three of them are about the same age as our kids. And, you know, come over, let the dogs play bring the kids over and it was so good. They played in the pool, they were swimming and we had a chat and just by talking to them and seeing their home and seeing what they created, I was like, makes sense. And that's how a home should feel like. You should walk into someone's home and feel that person, feel the value, feel their essence. And that's what your home should be. That is what a beautifully well thought out home should feel like. It's an extension of thyself. I know right now you're like, okay, B, thanks for taking us on a journey. Amazing, whatever. But now how can I make my home feel like this? <laughs> so I got you. I'm going to give you five tips. Five tips that will help you now consolidate those two exercises that I made you do. Remember the first one? The personal reflection one and the exploration one. Now what you should have is two pages with feelings and with choices. Now what you're gonna do is put them all together and use these five tips to help you design or redesign your current home and hopefully start feeling like your home is a reflection of who you are. Okie dokie, let's start with the first tip. 
It is very crucial that when you start thinking about how can I make this home feel like an extension of me or extension of my family, to remember that there's a very thin line between aesthetics and um, functionality. So you need to make sure that it's functional and you also need to make sure that it feels and looks how you want it to look. A beautiful, well-designed home should never compromise the functionality of a space. So you need to consider how each element will not only look, but how will this also contribute to the overall harmony of your home? Number two, think about personal touch. The same way I told you that when I met the hosts for the two BNBs we stayed at, things made sense. I was like, "Uh uh-huh, now I know why that's up there. You're a winemaker. That means something to you. So your home, I'm not saying your home should be an art gallery. (laughs) My home is not an art gallery. I just have one wall, one wall in this long hallway in our house that has photographs and artwork that are dear to me drawings that my kids painted when they were in daycare. I keep changing them up. Um, I've got pictures of our family as we grow through different stages. And my whole hallway, just the hallway, because I've got serious OCD, the hallway can be artistic and crazy and have different size picture frames and all that. That's fine. It won't do my head in because I'm not going to sit there the whole day. But my living rooms and the rooms where we actually spend time in have very minimal striking artwork or pictures because I want them to give a more of a chilled vibe. I just want them to just be a place where you chill and you don't have to look around for visual storytellings. Be careful with your personal touches. Don't overdo it. Remember what I said? Subtle. Very understated hints. Yes, I do know some people like to have it all out there. That's fine. And like I said, just remember, there's a very thin line between aesthetics and functionality. I keep saying functionality like I'm about to say feng shui. That's probably because I'm going to talk about feng shui soon. But anyway, which personal pieces are important to tell a visual story about who you are without overloading the person who's in that space with emotion? Number three, color psychology. This is a huge one. Colors can make or break your room. And, and we don't pay enough time to colors, which is sad when we pick colors. What I always do with my clients is I tell them I never lock in a color on the same day that we do all the design choices. I never do that. I always give them homework to go to Bunnings. Shout out to Bunnings. Sponsor the show if you're listening. Tell them to go to Bunnings or go anywhere and get paint samples. Paint big A3 or A2 boards and just... Take them outside of the current house where they live and line them up along a wall where the light hits at different times and have a look. Have a look. Take time. Take time to look at this and then decide how that color feels to you. Do the same internally. Put them where there's open windows. Put them where it's dark. Think about how that color feels. When you look at it, are you overwhelmed? Are you all of a sudden hot or do you feel cool? How do you feel when you look at that color? If you're not sure, that's fine. Think about the overarching reason that color should be in that room. So for instance, if it is a relaxing room, you need to look a, look at color palettes that are calming. So the blues, the whites, very chilled vibes, the greens, the mellow greens. If it's an energi- energized room, then you can think about the yellows and you can think about the bright greens or whatever. But at the end of the day, let your color choice reflect your emotional palette. 
Emotional palette just means how do you feel when you're looking at a color? How does that color make you feel? Which room is this color gonna be in your home? If it's the whole home, do you really wanna feel that way throughout the whole house? I mean, do you wanna be sitting on the toilet and feel energized? I, I, hey, hey, I'm not judging. <laughs> so color psychology is number three, very important. The fourth thing I want you to take time to consider is adaptability. This is another thing that we miss, right? And I know we kind of go, well, I like this color, it's my favorite color, I really love this color. But you need to understand that your home will evolve just as you too. For me, if you ask my kids, what is mommy's favorite color? They don't, they, they'll probably name six or 10, <laughs> hands down, because my color palette changes so much. My favorite color changes. I'm very seasonal, I'm very emotional. So it just, it just depends. I'm kind of boring and I'll always have like white or a very, very light gray on my walls. I've, I've, I've explored with green, like a sage green on one wall in my bedroom. And um, it's been six months. And now every time when I walk into the room still, I go, ooh. Oh, it's okay. It's okay. It's calming. You know, so, so be careful. Adaptability is just to make sure that you can grow. You're like your house can grow. So when you evolve, you don't have to then have to spend 10,000 repainting the whole house because it was just completely different. Allow your space to evolve with you. So use adaptable furniture. Like what I said, you know, like color through versatile, small little pieces that can be changed. Um, so that if your lifestyle changes, then you can easily just refresh and you're not starting all over again. Last but not least, the last tip I will give you in creating a truly well-designed home that reflects who you are and is kind on your psychology is to consider your sustainability, energy, and ethical values. Those are the three things. What I mean by that is the choices you make in your home should all be centered around your values in terms of how sustainable you want it to be. How long do you want this thing to last? Do you want it to be eco-friendly? Is it important that you have you use paint that is sensitive to someone with high allergies? So you've got to think about the materials in terms of use, how they will be used, but also in terms of if you care at all about how they're made. Then you start thinking about what am I choosing that is aligned with my true values beyond aesthetics. And just like that, I promise you, if you follow these five tips, you are going to have a home that feels so aligned with who you are, you won't want to leave. As I wrap up today's episode, I just want to thank you for taking the time again to join me and yeah, allowing me to share some of my thoughts and my processes. I really hope that this episode will leave you encouraged to take a fresh look at your home. I hope you found that helpful and remember, 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 if you love this and you want to hear more about these kind of conversations on the podcast, please let me know. I would love to hear from you. Until next time, my friends, I am wishing you nothing but a very, very happy, happy, Merry Christmas. May the season bring you joy, peace, love, and happiness. Signing off. Bye. Thank you so much for joining me on this week's episode of Fridays at Home. I hope you enjoyed our conversation and found inspiration to create a home 
business and lifestyle that truly aligns with your most authentic self. And if you did, please leave me a comment, share this episode with a friend, repost on socials, and give me a rating so that I know that you enjoyed the show. If you want to hear more from me, make sure that you click that subscribe button just in case you forgot. I don't want you to miss next week's episode. It's going to be jam-packed with practical tips and inspiring stories from our guests and myself. So goodbye for now, but I know I will see you next week. Don't forget to tune in to another episode of Fridays at Home.